and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jeffrey coming to you live from the Southern Quarantine Cabin in Boca Raton, Florida. Boy, do I feel Jewish every time I say Boca Raton. Are you in Boca? I'm in Boca. That's what we're doing. We're taping down here. We're here every Monday and Thursday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener. During this time of year, I get more reflective. A tear streams down my cheek. I'm so proud that you guys enjoy this show as much as I enjoy doing it. If you are a person on YouTube, thank you for subscribing there. If you're a person on the podcast app, thank you for subscribing there. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. If you're old here, thank you for being here. That's all. Just a thank you. And, And listen, you know the deal. You can tell a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa, anyone with ears, and we'll take the earless community as well. And you can let anyone know. That's that's a nice gift this holiday season. And we're getting towards the end. I think this will probably come out after the new year. But if you're sitting there and you got someone on your holiday list that you, you kind of missed, uh, give them the gift of J Train. You, you know, I got I got Patreon. I got Cameo. There's a lot of ways for me to yell at a friend of yours. So. Let's move on. I'm just very excited. Today's guest, I, 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 I want to. He, he is the. I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to have you here because a legendary guy. Um, he's been, he's been on WDVE for 20 years. Rand, he is the host of Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Crew. Randy Bauman, thank you for coming on. Oh, dude, I mean, what an intro, really. You were at a loss for words. You know, when you have a resume as deep as mine, <laughs> it is tough to find the right words, Jared. But I appreciate you efforting to do so. I, I legitimately am. I, I'm so excited to have you because I am familiar with your show. I mean, you you've been on for over 20 years in the yeah. Pittsburgh area and you are. I mean, like that is one of those things that like people have. You're a daily radio show. That's also a yeah. podcast. So if anyone wants to go download the podcast or get into what Randy's doing, go. It's uh, on the iHeartRadio app. But tell people about your show because people love your show. Well, we're very much uh, a look at what's happening uh, around the world from the Pittsburgh perspective. You know, uh, the locality aspect of it has always been an important, uh, um, I think, element of its, of its success. But, you know, we try to make it something that you could listen to no matter where you are in the country. But uh, it's definitely Pittsburgh centric. And we've been lucky enough to have like lots of, uh, of leeway. So when our friends who are comics come through town, we've been able to like give them a big platform and let them breathe for a little bit instead of like they come on the show and we say, OK, we need to know what four minutes of bits you're going to do on the air. And then, uh, you know, you're going to get your cue after we give the weather. You know, it's very much more in line with just sitting down and bullshitting with people. It's a Letting their talent kind of shine that way. And thankfully, we have cool bosses uh, that for the last 20 years have let me kind of do that and let comics who've come on the show have a stage uh, instead of like dreading getting up to do morning radio. Hopefully yeah. they, they feel like they can go in and actually sell some tickets and be funny. And, and it's a good experience well, for everyone. For those who don't know, because this is, you know, some people come here knowing nothing about stand-up comedy, stand-up comics will go around the country. They'll do a, a weekend in whatever city. And again, during normal times, non 20, right, yeah. 20 years, they'll go around the country and they'll be in a city like Pittsburgh. And then the club will be like, Hey, we want you to go on morning radio, be as funny as possible so that someone listening on their way to work would say, hey, to their girlfriend or their boyfriend, hey, I heard this guy on the radio. Let's go to the show this weekend. And a lot of places comics go on. It's, you know, so, not to besmirch people, but to say a lot of people, places they go on, it's just go, 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 go. And yeah. you're like, how could I be funny in two seconds at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or whatever it is? Yeah. I mean, in those in the defense of those people, they have bosses breathing down their neck who are yelling at them constantly to make sure that the comics don't go out of bounds. And, you know, they're just I don't know. They didn't come from that school either. They like came up through radio and I came up as a performer, not as a comic, but as a musician. And uh, Bill Crawford is on our show and he's been a touring comic and he's you know, he he's toured with uh, with Brewer and. Um, with Kathleen Madigan and Bert and everybody, you know, he's been all over the country and he, you know, we have a lot of common friends. And so we're able to kind of like speak the same language as them. And I think that sometimes, unless you came up in around performers, you just don't have the same shared 
like language, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it can put, be off-putting for people like, are you okay? Okay, now you're not going to say anything to get me fired yet. You know, it's like... And, nah, and you, have you have shared discomforts. You know right. that yeah. like, hey, you're walking into another city. How many times can you answer, how's the hotel? Or do you like our traffic? And it's like, you know, if you've traveled around that like a lot of these cities, you know, on the face are very similar. You know, yeah. you're going to get the road that has any, my dad calls it any town USA, McDonald's, Burger King, Applebee's. Yeah. It takes getting to know people to be like, oh, here's the little right. eccentric things that are different about, you know, Pittsburgh, so to speak, or wherever you are. Yeah. And that's been like a big part of the key to, I think, why we've been able to be on the show for so long. And thankfully, we don't have like the bosses breathing down our necks saying what we can and can't do. And, yeah. you know, it, it makes it a lot more fun. And, and if the guys are coming in uh, or, or like, you know, anybody who who's performing at the like improv or the arcade comedy theater in Pittsburgh, we'll tell them like, a, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time, like, hey, if you want to come in two days before and just hang out in the studio, Love that. we had the bosses build us like a big studio so that we could accommodate more people. And then people will come in Tuesday and Wednesday for a Friday show if they don't have anything in between. And then they'll yeah. just spend a couple days bullshitting on the show, letting the audience get to know them. And then, it, you know, they're just like another person in I the mean, bullpen of, of voices. At that point, you're, you're, you're podcasting before podcasting exists at that well, point. Well, that was the whole idea. Like, I, you know, I got I loved the form of podcasting when it first started taking off. And I'd said to the bosses, we kind of had a sea change in the show uh, when my former partner left around 2010. And I said, you know, that we needed to sort of adapt to the sensibilities of podcasting because this is how people are ingesting entertainment now. So what yeah. it was before was this like sketch based show that like, like tried to be a morning SNL every day, which is impossible. It's so hard to do that mm -hmm. successfully. Um, and also so many people were able to do it on their own now that it was like, uh, you know, people on now you see what's happening with TikTok and uh, yeah. uh, with Instagram. Like, there's hilarious stuff out there being generated constantly. So rather than just do that same thing, it seemed more logical to be like, well, let's play to our strengths of being able to go on the fly and be funny on the fly and be extemporaneously entertaining instead sure. of worrying about premeditating something uh, that takes four or five hours to put together and gives you two and a half minutes of airtime. Let's create something that's going to breathe throughout the morning and then hopefully that'll make people stick around even longer. And and you know what that does? It also you become I always say with this show like let my let me be the you know put your brain on the shelf. I'll take the wheel. You're taking the wheel for a lot of people and and when they you know to get outside of their own heads, you're talking about the days matters and they're going, "Yep, totally." Or they're going, "No, you guys are crazy." They're yeah. yelling at their and it's like they're having a conversation with you. I love a daily show. Like I I I I like I just love the the relationship you have and you are like what is it like to be like like i mean in the pittsburgh area you're you're like a you know you're a well-known person there like is it weird to like nobody gives a shit nobody cares <laughs> I mean, when tom unless cruise, you're a pittsburgh Steeler, unless you're mike tomlin yeah. oh no yeah if you play for the Steelers, it's different but like tom cruise did one of the uh jack reacher movies or whatever i don't know i can't remember which one it was um and he did it here in Pittsburgh. And he's like, I love it here. Nobody bothers me. We're like, because nobody gives a shit, man. Like, they're, they got more important stuff to do around here. Traffic's yeah. big balls. They don't really care. They're like, hey, how are you? You know, the most you'll get is a, hey, love your work. You know, like one of yeah. those. Um, uh, Russell Crowe did a movie here. And he's like, he fell in love with Pittsburgh because he's like, I, I was going around town and nobody bothered me. It's like, well, they're just not that impressed. If you haven't brought home a Lombardi, nobody really cares. I, I love that. So listen, I, I want everyone to go check out the Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Crew. It's on the iHeart uh, iHeart Radio app, iHeart app. Uh, you can find it. it's a daily radio show that's made. Yep. It goes out as a podcast every day. If if someone's never listened to the show, because it's hard to get, I listen to a show that's a daily podcast and it's a daily local radio show for DC. I listen to the Tony Kornheiser show. Like I love listening oh, yeah. to the show. And there's like an element of like, you do have to learn the background of the town a little bit. Like I'm not from yeah. DC. So yeah. like, what would be something if someone was like, hey, I, I want someone, you know, a daily show. What is something for people to know? Like is, uh, how the kind of the dynamic of the group, because you have five people on there together every day. Well, you have like Val Porter's been doing news 
uh, for the morning show for a long time. And, and she, she'll give like actual, you know, serious, you got to know it news at like the top of every hour. And then just a bunch of, you know, other entertainment related stories. And uh, Crawford and I just kind of bullshit and, you know, and goof on all of that stuff for about 20 minutes. And then we do a sports segment. You know, it's a pretty sports centric town, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does a whole quarter an hour. And then we'll just, you know, we'll kick a topic around uh, or have a guest on uh, for the fourth quarter of every hour. And, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, for, for those who aren't from Pittsburgh, it'll give you a look into the Yinzer lifestyle. I mean, that's what, you know, people from Western Pennsylvania are, are called Yinzers. And, uh, we, you know, we, we have fun with that whole sort of uh, persona, you know. The Yinzers I, are a special breed. I love it. I, I mean, I went to Penn State, so I know, like, Half so you and I have that in common, by the way. You and I have a couple of things in common. We both graduated from Penn State. Yeah. We both dipped our toes in the real world before deciding there's no way on earth we could possibly <laughs> make a life by going into the office. I worked for KPMG. Oh, wow. Coming, yeah, I was an accounting major at Penn State, graduated mm-hmm. from the Smeal College of Business, and I worked for KPMG in Pittsburgh. And I, I mean, I was so miserable. Like, just the manifestation of the stress of having that job. And that like, was like, I was like breaking out in hives on a daily basis and just like completely clinically depressed and smoking camel filterless cigarettes. And just like, <laughs> this is it. I'm all washed up. I was 22 years old. Yeah. You know? Like what I wouldn't give to be 22 again. <laughs> and I thought I was done. It is a normal feeling too, as, as abnormal as it is. Like, it, looking back, you're like, 22, what the fuck was I thinking? Right. But it is a normal to, you know, especially, I think it wasn't like, um, I always say like, you're 22, up until that moment, take the grade, get the, you know, take the test, get the grade, get the grade you deserve based on how much you study. Then yeah. you get out of, out of school and it's like, okay, good luck. And right. you're like, oh, the, uh, okay. And then you take a job and you go, the rest of my life. The rest of my life. And, <laughs> and you start thinking, you're like, life is fucking long. And it's yeah. like, I remember that moment. I remember my biggest thing was I was jealous of other people who seemed happy there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, I just wanted you. to be. I was jealous of people who weren't sitting home getting drunk by themselves when they were 22 <laughs> because they were too depressed to, to haul themselves to a bar. Ah, what's the point? I'll have to shower, you know, and you're doing you're doing this in Pittsburgh. So everyone's yeah. just like, you know, it's like dark half the time, you know, oh, just yeah. like all cloudy and, sure. you know, whatever. But it's uh, yeah, man. I and so what got you? What was the, you thing know what? the funny thing is I listened to the radio show that I am now on because it existed wow. in, in a in a similar form back then. This was 1995. And um, I was like, I should I told my roommate who was going to Duquesne Law School at the time. I'm like. That's what I should do, dude. I would be good at that. And he was like, too late now, dude. You got a tie on and you're going to work, you know? And I'm like, fuck, he's right. Like, yeah. And then, so, they, you know, I got fired after a year. I was a terrible accountant. Like, I was like Dave Foley in that Kids in the Hall sketch who's like, you know, a doctor with blood all over him. He's like, I'm a bad doctor. <laughs> that was me. I was fucking up audits for Mellon Bank, for Ryan Holmes. I was a liability. They had to boot me out of that building because I did not care to learn anything or follow up for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> eh, I trust you. No, I'm sure you're not embezzling. So they had to boot me out of there. I went back to Erie, Pennsylvania, my hometown, and and uh, I just ended up being asked to be a guest on the morning show up there. And the the owner of the radio show up there saw me after I was a guest. He goes, hey, man, you were really funny today. And I said, I'll tell you what, I have no job right now. I'm on unemployment. I'll come in and work for free for the, the remainder of my unemployment. Sure. If, if you'll consider hiring me at the end of it. So I got it. He hired me after a month. And then I was like the third person on the morning show up there. And then I did like the request lunchtime thing. So I, I like when I was 23, I ended up doing eight hours a day on the radio for two years. And that like gave me chops, you know? Well, it's so funny because your friend who's like, no, you got to go into work every day too late is kind of right. Like, you know, like, and, and, and you, you know, the, the path of taking, you know, the, the one that's the weird path, you have to be a little wrong for a while. You have to explain the unexplainable to someone. Yeah. Someone says, where are you going? Well, I'm doing eight hours on the radio a day and, <laughs> and, and I'm doing it for free. They go, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah. how are you going to get me? How are you going to eat? How are you going to drink? How are you going to meet women if you're going to be doing this all day? How are you going to have a job? Do you trust that they're going to hire you? And you go, I don't know. 
Like, yeah. this is just better than the alternative for me. Right. Well, when you're 45, you might not do that. But when you're 23, you're like, sure. well, I have to lose, you know? And then I was like, I, I felt a little bit of guilt about being on the dole. I'm like, well, unemployment is not exactly a, uh, uh, it's not where I want to reside for too long. But then I'm like, fuck that, man. I'm paying into this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, some would say that's what un unemployment's for. Like for it got sure, you, you know, for and you I to didn't stay on it for the whole time either. Like it was like two months. So I felt I felt pretty lucky uh, when all was said and done. But it was like just serendipitous. So because I was gigging at night in the band, so I was mm. like playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the band, and like we would play in Columbus and in Penn State and Buffalo and Cleveland mm. and wherever, and then I'd have to drive back on a Thursday night get home at like four in the morning. I go right in, sleep on the studio floor and get up and do the morning show. Oy. I mean, but at that point, it, it, to me, that's grad school. Like to me, like yeah. that is a version. Like when, when people used to say like, Oh, you're going to do open mics. So how much do they pay you for open mics? I'll be like, no, I pay to do the open mics. Yeah. And I considered it grad school. Like I was like some people, you know, like I want to be, I'm getting on the job training and all right. that stuff. And I, I, I want to be good at this. I want to, that my goal is to be good at this. And when it comes to, you know, training for that, like I, again, like I remember like all these people like, well, I just go, go to law school to like figure it out. And I'm like, I'd rather be doing this than figuring, you know, like trying yeah. to find my way, you know? Now, what were your parents like when you're like, Dude, I can't do this. I need to be a comic. They were very cool. My mom, I don't, I think there's a difference between moms and dads. Like my dad was very much, you got no wife, you not, you got no kid, you got some savings, no. go, do it. Like he saw it very mathematically, very business startery. And, and I kind of explained it. I was like, you know, I just want to like, I, I just want to be funny for money. I don't know how that's going to turn out. And right now, you know, like, you know, 2010, I wouldn't be like, well, I hope to one day be speaking over the computer on on a video chat yeah. with Randy Bauman. You know, like you don't know that. I just was like, you know, basically yeah. big goals. And then my mom, she was like, what? Like, and I think a lot of times moms want to be able to like just know that everything's in place. It's organized. It's and and I think my mom was more like, yeah, like what do I tell my? How do I explain this to people? How do I explain it to myself? And like. I remember there was a like and she she would come to shows and I remember like a couple years into it like all of a sudden she just like died laughing at something I was doing and then from then on like God it understood so it but like great. just very much like I think a lot of especially like Jewish mothers they want to go son lawyer son doctor it right. is done it is in we did a good job and it's like son is uh in the back of a bar at 4 p.m. You know, telling his stories isn't exactly like a fun thing. Oh, dude, my mom to this day cannot, will not listen to me. Her quote is always, uh, I listened. It's, you know, it's just not for mom. Yeah. Well, we're going to listen to Christianity. You. So, you know, like there's just too much blaspheming going on and talking uh, uh, about subjects that she just deems, you know, those are those are private talks. You should have those in private. You know, my dad, well, he, he recently passed, but he loved it. He he thought really. It was yeah. Tune in every day. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, that's great. Well, I want everyone to tune in every day. I want everyone to go check it out on the iHeart app. It's called Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Crew. It is uh, a legendary show. I've, I've, I've heard about it from so many people, and I know a lot of people in the Pittsburgh area are going to be very excited to see you on the show. Let's do some emails. You ready? No, oh, I'm so excited. Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. Help, I've fallen for the brother and I can't get up. A couple months ago, I started talking to this guy. As everything was great. We vibed really well. Sexual chemistry was definitely there. And we both were on the path of wanting the same things. It was going so well. We started relationship talks. It was one of those too good to be true things. And with my luck, of course, something dramatic happened to fuck it all up. The last night we hung out, things were getting hot and heavy. So we decided to take it back to his place. We get there and start walking up to the house when I notice a dude through the window sitting on his couch. I asked him who it was and he said, that's my brother. We live together. We got closer. I completely froze my steps because I realized his brother was my spring fling right before quarantine hit my town. Knowing how I felt about the dude I was currently seeing, I told him the truth right there in the driveway. He was upset at first, but after he calmed down, we got in my car and he went and we went to a hotel. 
We talked about it when we got there. I told him how much I liked him. I understood uh, if he is no longer interested or if he doesn't see this going anywhere anymore. He told me it's a little weird, but not a deal breaker and would see how it went. Fast forward the following couple weeks, I could tell his communication was lacking more and more and I was acting less and less interested. So one day I started to, I straight up asked him what was up and he told me he just wasn't sure if he was comfortable with it. Screenshots attached. I don't have screenshots here. Um, she forgot to, the, to send the screenshot, so we'll just keep going. Uh, we haven't talked since, but I've noticed he is still always one uh, of the first ones to watch my stories within the first five minutes. I know probably not as big a deal as I'm making it, but it still messes with my head. I know I need to just forget about it and move on, but I guess this one is hard. I've been on and off the dating apps, and he is the only guy that I could actually see myself being serious with since I left my child's father almost four years ago. I'm just really bummed at this point. Should I just let it go? Or do you think with time, this is something he could get over? Please, a lonely mama bitch out. What do we think? All right. First of all, uh, I'm the perfect person to ask about this. Okay. Okay, good. I, do you have siblings? I do. I have a younger brother. Okay. I have three brothers. All right. Okay. I have two sisters and three brothers. I am one of six. Now, first of all, you are very Catholic. This is your mom oh, wasn't kidding around. Oh, yeah. No, my two older brothers are Irish twins, too. They're like less than a year <laughs> apart. Uh, we we fit every single one of the stereotypical check boxes for Irish Catholics. Sure. Uh, but uh, I will say I'm very excited to talk about other people's relationships because I think, Jared, here's what here's here's where you have struck on gold that okay. we are all like uh, when it comes to relationships, we are like Tony Romo discussing football. We are really good at seeing other people do it. Yeah, know exactly what they should and shouldn't do. We just we just could can't really figure out how to do it ourselves I, at a championship level. I always say it. I was like, advice is really easy to give and it's really difficult to take. There's so many people. I put up videos on my Instagram and you can always tell who just is the worst at giving advice because they're just like yelling the most obvious thing. They're like, why are you even talking about it? It's like, no, this podcast is about opening it up, showing a little bit of um, vulnerability, especially for myself and you to show someone, yeah, this fucking sucks. I mean, this situation this could happen. Like someone you didn't do anything wrong. Here's the she thing. Did nothing. Wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. This is just bad luck. This has got to be a small town, too. I mean, obviously, this is a smaller town, yeah. um, a hamlet, a borough, if you will. <laughs> but the, the 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 problem is, is she's like she wants to make up for something that she can't because it's straight on the dude. And I have to tell you that if my brother had hooked up with a girl and I started hooking up with her and then she told me that that happened, depending on my age, I mean, that's another big part of this. If mm-hmm. I'm under 30, I might go, well, well, I don't know if I care and we'll we'll see how this goes for a while. But like at a certain point, I don't I don't know if I'm big enough to be like, no, it's it's fine. I I have no hangups. You know, you have to have an awesome relationship with your brother like you fight with your brother about the dumbest stuff. If he could lord over you that he banged your girlfriend before you did, (laughs) it would be endless torture. And it's totally not fair to her. Like, like, I, I think a lot of this conversation that we're having right now, someone could go, well, if they love each other and it's like. I understand if you're early, like a lot of this is going to sound bad because you go, well, I I guess like my response is like the idea of like your brother having something on you. And it's like, I, I know that sounds really bad, but like you can't tell someone how to feel. I would feel the same way. I I don't, as you, I like, it's just like, what's the plan here? I'm going to be at every family function. And like, I don't think my brother would ever look at me and go <laughs> like he wouldn't be in the yeah. background being like, Ooh, like doing like, you know, humping tables behind her back. My it brothers just, would. That's no, the, yeah. here's how we're different. My <laughs> brothers would be doing that, which is why I could never do it. They would be yeah. howling. They would be, this would come up at every holiday. I could never do it. And if the guy was strong enough, like good on him, if he had a, a, a secure enough, uh, uh, you know, relationship with his brother and feeling uh, in himself that he would not have that as a hang up. Great. But I'm telling you right now, my brothers, they are like the, like Bill Murray's kids in Rushmore. They're just, they live to torture. And even though we're in our forties, they would destroy me about that to this day. I would never yeah, do it. I have a great kids. Re- <laughs> there would be extended families involved and I would try to get over it. And they'd be like, kind of looks like me a little bit, you know, like it would go sure. on. 
It, it, it even, and I, listen, I don't have, my relationship with my brother's pretty, you know, we fuck with each other, we ball bust, but like, yeah. I feel like if I was like, I love this girl, he would put it away, but it would still be in my mind. Like, I, I still yeah. would feel that like, and, and I know this sounds really bad. It's not that like, you've been tarnished because it's my brother. Like, you know, who do I love more than that? But it's just that where's my special, you know, thing. I don't know. It's a really tough thing to explain without sounding really fucking bad. And, and because I don't mean to make her feel bad at all, because this is totally unlucky. Obviously, you have a type, obviously, because they look a lot. They probably look like brothers. Um, obviously, you know, like I, I think the only answer to her is like, hey, you got to back away from this. You have to maybe he can get over it, but it's not something to count on, like because it is way more ingrained than I can even explain. Oh, dude, it 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 all depends on your upbringing. There is so much baggage involved in fraternal relationships and your yeah. brothers like it like i am really close with my younger brother and my mm-hmm. older brothers i don't see them as much they you know we're six kids in six cities and i don't mm-hmm. see them as much i don't talk to them quite as often so i don't have the same kind of relationship with them and i think the ones that were distant that would be the one that i would have a harder time with than my younger brother who i am closer with you know what i mean interesting yeah that is i i, I know what you mean like and you know, this this email is kind of heartbreaking because you're like, yeah. I think shit, you're out of luck. <laughs> like, it's yeah, just- you're out of you're out of luck. Like, there's no answer to this. The only answer is like, she says he watches your stories first. I think you have to like give yourself the time from them. You have to block them, and not in a hateful way, but you have to like kind of separate them from your social media. Of course, you're coming up first because you guys just interacted in a way. He's probably kicking himself because he feels like a bad person. He's probably saying. Why can't I just get over this? But it's hard. This is all human stuff. Yeah. It's one of those in a perfect world scenario. And there's no, this isn't, this is the, this is kind of like the difference between like Twitter and the real world. Like I, I think of like, if you see a lot of stuff on Twitter, it's like, well, we should pay for everything and, and everyone should live in harmony and there should be fairness across the board. And it's like, yeah, then you get to the real world and people try to eat, sleep and fuck and shit gets out of whack and people become, you know, a uh, person like be, you know, become, yeah. you know, uh, are out for themselves and stuff like that. So it's like this is one of those things. Hey, we should stop eating meat because the cows fart too much and ruin <laughs> the oxygen levels. And you go, yeah, but a burger tastes pretty fucking good, you know, and it's hard to like. So this is kind of one of those scenarios to me. I will say I do know one one of my best friends is basically engaged to somebody who went to the prom with his younger brother. Now, really hook up at the prom. Okay, they they attended together. So the 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 line wasn't crossed like, you know, once you once you go past that tape, I think you're in different territory. And I know how she's thinking. It feels like she's thinking like, but if we're so good together, why does it matter? It just does. Keep getting worse. (laughs) Yeah. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Oh, I loved cereal as a kid. When growing up, you you pour. It was the first thing you made for yourself. It was the first time you were a chef and you'd put that box in front of you and you'd read it like it was the New York Times. You play the maze. It was your first time having a little adult moment. And it was just, and and you could choose, you could go to that little cereal spot in your house and you had like, you know, 10 different types and there was adult versions, there was kid versions and you got to be whoever you wanted. Breakfast as a kid, it used to be fun, but now that I'm watching my carbs and sugar, breakfast is boring. Magic Spoon discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood cereals with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It tastes too good to be true. Magic Spoon's flavors are based on the all-time classics, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and just announced new flavors, Peanut butter and cinnamon. I love the cocoa. I've always loved the cocoa. I love drinking the milk after it's done. But the cinnamon flavor, that is, oh, 
I am into that. I love a Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I love that they recreated something that used to feel like it was, uh, you know, it, you know, having cereal as you grow up when you're a kid, that was a meal. As you grow up, it's like a, it's like a fun, you know, extra. And you're like, you know, you feel a little guilty. You're like, ah, you know, do I really need a, a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Well, with Magic Spoon, let's get that guilt out of your head. And, and now... With so many of you been asking them, they finally made it so you can build your own variety pack that lets you try them all. It's too good to be true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carbon, GMO-free. You've got to try Magic Spoon to believe it because it tastes amazing. I love it. The cinnamon's great. The cocoa's amazing. Go to magicspoon.com slash JTrain. That's magicspoon.com slash JTrain to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code JTrain, JTrain, JTrain at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So you don't... So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's pretty awesome. That's magicspoon.com slash JTrain and use code JTrain to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the show and bringing back childhood favorites that won't leave us bloated. Rothy's. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Rothy's. Take your first steps into 2021 with comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags from Rothy's. Rothy's shoes are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. It's no surprise that Rothy's best-selling shoe, the Point in Black, has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. I got them for my mom. She loves them, and I think they're kind of the perfect shoe for 2021 and the world as it is right now. You're doing a lot of in-between stuff. Maybe you're walking outside for a little bit, but you're not going to those nice, you're not going to the gala, but you also don't want to be someone who's just putting on their slip slips every day. This is the perfect in-between shoe, and you can feel good about what you're putting on your feet because they're doing a lot of good too. You know, they're, they're made from plastic water bottles, so you, they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on, and there's zero break-in period, but they've also kept over 70 million single-use plastic bottles and counting out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. So that's amazing. So you're going to have comfortable shoes that look good anywhere, and you're going to be helping keep plastic bottles out of landfills and transform. And they're getting transformed into the signature thread. So this is all, this is a win, win, win. You get a great shoe, the earth gets a little help. And, you know, this is the third win is me because a good partner of ours is getting supported. That's there's the wins. Vogue calls Rothy's a personal obsession and health says they're the most comfortable shoes on earth. My mom would agree with that. I asked my mom. She, my, I got my mom these shoes years ago and she's still talking. I said, do, uh, do you still wear the Rothy's? She goes, oh, those are my favorite. Those are the ones. I slip on when I'm on the go. So I, I love that. I love that Rothy's is helping people. And we're going to help you. We're going to give you some, you know, give you give you a little bit of a, let's, find, let's help you find out where these shoes are. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags right now at rothys.com slash JTrain. rothys.com slash JTrain. rothys.com slash JTrain. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash JTrain. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash JTrain today and and slip into something you'll feel good about. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Randy Bauman. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Crew. Go follow at DVE Randy on Twitter, at Randall B. Graham on Instagram. Go follow, go follow, go follow. How about this? Is it ever too soon for a trip? Hey, love the podcast. It is the gas that kept me going through this torturous year. I'm binge listening and don't think this question has come up yet. would love to hear your opinion. A close guy friend wanted to set me up with one of his friends who thought I was hot. He lives out of town, so the next time he came down, we all went out one night. The, next, the night went out, went quote-unquote okay, but I came out of it not too excited about the guy. He made me laugh a couple times, but we never really got a conversation going and didn't think we clicked 
uh, well. He, we literally said maybe a handful of sentences to each other. The next day, my friend texts me that he keeps asking about me. I was a little baffled due to the, how the night went and we would, uh, and would have shut it down. But my friend said he was really a good guy, so I texted him. That opened his texting floodgate and not in the trying to get to know me kind of way, but like I was uh, someone he'd known for years and spilled his guts about issues that I hadn't really earned the right to hear yet, if that makes sense. He was funny too, though, so it kind of made up for the some of the weird texting. He travels a lot for work, and one week into our texting, he asked me to meet up with him on one of his work trips. I turned the trip down, saying it was too soon. We dated long distance for a few months, seeing each other when we could, but eventually ended it. Turns out he wasn't such a great guy. Deceitful would be a better description. So here's the question. Travel restrictions will be lifted sometime in the coming year, and I'm sure other people will be dealing with this. Is it better to just bite the bullet and go on these trips with these guys you barely know to get a quicker insight on them or is it the biggest red flag in the world and get the heck out what do we think i'm telling you man it's like you line these up for me perfectly i <laughs> was in a long distance relationship for several years with someone i met at mardi gras we met in okay. new orleans she lived in florida i was in pittsburgh and then she moved to new york about halfway through but we were on and off and traveling so the, so what happened was our, the where we met was on vacation so okay we basically then just spent the rest of the relationship like, hey, let's go here, you know, yeah. because we're both going to travel. Why? You know, we don't necessarily have to go to each other's homes all the time. Like, let's take fake. So right off the bat, we were taking trips like that's sure. what started. So then you have a false sense right from the get go of the dynamic of your relationship because you're like, yeah. this is fucking great. We're on vacation every time we're together, you know, and, you and know, it's I heard easy to turn on. How important it is to do the dumb stuff, the, the you know, the like boring sitting around watching Netflix like it totally is, you know. Um, so for for us in that relationship was like a, a, a whole different. Uh, that's a podcast series. I mean, we have to get the serial people for that one, I think. But <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is because where we met and it was like we were both on vacation in a different place. It was totally not out of bounds to like take a trip right away. Conversely, another relationship I had, we started dating uh, here in town. And I always like to get out when I get a chance. So I didn't think it sounded like a, a big deal to be like, you know, hey, there's an e-saver to go down to Miami for like 150 bucks. You want to go down for the weekend? Sure. And then she's like, I can't. And she told me later, she's like, dude, I've, I've had to take it so slow because you came on so strong with the trip thing. And I was like, totally not thinking it was me coming on strong, but of course yeah. it was. And we, you know, there was a different dynamic to that relationship. But I was like, kind of, embarrassed immediately. I'm like, oh God, yeah, that probably seems super douchey. And I didn't mean it to sound that way. So I think like trips are always a function of how you met and what your circumstances are. If you're in two different cities and you met your friend who, uh, friend's friend who came in from, you know, out of town and you're already at long distance status, I don't think it's a big deal. But if you're in the same town, well, you got to wait a few months. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I, I think the trip stuff, like, I, I, I'm not, like, a person that's, like, a big, like, time person with all this stuff. Like, I, I don't think that, like, the rules, I think, first of all, you got to think about safety. Obviously, you got to think about, like, how much do you trust this person? How much yeah. do people know? You know, like, and I think that safety thing is different for us. Like, as a guy, we're like, yeah, we'll just go. Like, our, we're not going on a trip with our biggest predator. You know, like I, I think a lot of women like uh, would like I listen, I've gotten feedback before where I would forget about that. And I'm like, well, that's just not in my reality. Like, I don't go on a trip thinking like, well, what if this guy turns it like what if this woman turns into uh, a murderer? That could, that's very much in the female reality, I, yeah. I, I'm assuming. Um, like it's like you know women are going you know are dating like a bobcat. Like you're dating right. a guy that could be the worst thing ever. So I. That being said, I think for her email specifically, she said she takes a very specific situation then makes it general. So the way she makes it general, um, is it better to just bite the bullet and go on these trips with these guys so you barely know to get a quicker insight on them? I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that is a good move at all because, again, what you said, Randy, is so true. If it goes the best it could go, that's not a real relationship. Right. 
That's a that's a that's a, anyone can turn it on for a weekend. Anyone can be like your boyfriend for a weekend. Anyone can can stop looking at their DMs or do, stop dealing with their ex girlfriend or or act like everyone is good with an end date. And it's and that's why the vacation is so much fun. But it also like if you're looking for a real relationship, it's not very real. Just like you said with the you know yeah. having Netflix on a normal night. Well, I'll tell you another thing, uh, Jared. She. She said that he was oversharing in text. I mean, look, right there, you don't want to go on a trip with that guy. He's, yeah. he's totally trying to sell you. He is. That's like the desperation thing. Well, that that's in addition to that, that's where it goes back to her email. She's asking a very simplified question of a very specific situation. Her situation, you have the first date. He had the opportunity. He, you were told. He, you were set up. You were. You were like, right. okay, this guy thinks I'm hot and I'm going to meet him. And then you said you weren't really impressed. That's it. It's over. I, don't, yeah. I think we got to stop convincing ourselves into missed opportunities. The- it's like, because you know why? Because rom-coms and uh, like Frank Zappa said it a long time ago that like movies and music were responsible for this unrealistic viewpoint of uh, uh, romantic relationships in this country that is causing us untold uh, <laughs> mental distress because yeah. we all try to live up to this is like, well, you know, in the movie, they didn't get along at first either. So yeah, you know, and, and, and like you cannot, you have to really trust your instincts off the right but, off the bat. And, and, and the, the more fun thing is to go, well, at first it was no good, but then look at, he's so intimate. Here's the thing about texting. Texting is almost like offering someone a side door into being a version of themselves that they couldn't be like just like she said he wasn't he was dishonest he wasn't a great guy well you met him the first night and he had to take a chance he had to come talk to you he had to be an impressive guy and he didn't he wasn't that for you I'm not saying he's not an impressive guy I'm saying that night for you it wasn't it then he got the side door he got the number and he and he he was able to text with you and over those texts now he's Mr. Romantic now he's opening up now he's now he's a version of a guy he wishes he could be at that bar he wasn't that guy and now he's funny now you know it's like uh, yeah see that you're making a good point because I do think that you can rebound from a fir- a, a, a a bad first impression not like awful first impression but not like you know, if it's just like, ah, oh, well, we didn't really connect. I think you can bounce back from that. But if this is now a different person in text form, yeah, like, that's just you know, you you, you got to call bullshit. Well, you can bounce back from a bad for apps. I'm I'm with you, but I think bouncing back to now, let's do a trip. Like if the guy was like, hey, I'll be back in town, and I hope that you'll be there so I can have another opportunity to introduce myself in a way that doesn't have you staying in the same. You know, yeah. motel. Like, yeah. Now that's a risk in th- in this thing. In this thing, he t- he's he's limited. All his risk has been taken out of it. Well, what did he say? Where the trip is? Because I have to tell you, if he's just going to some like business seminar, at, you know, in <laughs> Sheboygan or something like that, and he's like, yeah. you know, do you think name tags are hot? Like, I, I don't. <laughs> it kind of depends. If it was Cancun, it makes sense. But if he's just asking her to go to the middle uh, of nowhere, well, then you know, he's clearly, uh, you know, only got one thing planned. Also, it's a work trip. He's not risking any time or money. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this thing anyways yeah. where I get a free hotel room. You want to join me so you can see how great I am in person? You no. Like yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I While he's getting points. You know, like, <laughs> fuck that. I, I think you have to always look at with, with these scenarios. Like, is this person making an effort with time and money? And I think in this scenario, like, she's like, well, could you go on a trip? I can envision, just like you met someone at Mardi Gras, you guys probably had a blast at Mardi Gras. You were probably like, wow, the connection's real. There's something here. Let's give it a shot. Like Maybe, maybe it's Mardi Gras. Maybe yeah. what's great about it is Mardi Gras. Like, my love affair with New Orleans continues. Don't get me wrong. It's my favorite place in the world. But it might have just been Mardi Gras. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Randy Bauman at... DVE Randy on Twitter at Randall B. Graham on Instagram. The show, Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Crew. Monday through Friday, go, go, go. iHeart app if you're outside of Pittsburgh. But if you're in Pittsburgh, you got to go listen. Let's do this one. I, I think this is an interesting email. Hey, Jared, I'll get right to my email. 
Small backstory. I dated a guy recently for about a year. We were exclusive and serious and said I love you, all that. We ended up breaking up for reasons unrelated to this email. But just so you all get the whole picture, he was a very closed-off person emotionally and also feared commitment. He's 34. I'm 25. He met and had multiple dinners with family throughout our relationship. Uh, They loved him. But on the other hand, his parents, who lived seven hours away, pretty sure didn't even know I existed the entire relationship besides like one random Facebook picture my dad put up and tagged him on on Christmas. Weird. Anyways, fast forward to today. We broke up early July. We have had zero contact and I've actually started to date someone new. I found out earlier this week that his dad was very sick from COVID uh, uh, with COVID from a mutual friend at the gym that I hadn't seen in a while. So we were catching up and mentioned that to me. Didn't think too much of it, sadly, because things are getting more widespread, and I've heard uh, I've heard of way more get it, people getting it. Then today, his friend texted me that his dad had died. He said, "quote Kevin's dad has passed away." FYI, and I said, "Oh wow, I hadn't heard. Uh, I had heard this week that he wasn't doing well. I'm so sorry to hear that. I can't even imagine frowny face." Now I've had coworkers and even my own dad ask me if I was going to text or call him to check in on him, send my condolences, and my instant response was no way. Am I totally insensitive for not wanting to reach out? Should I? Is that correct etiquette? I know we dated for a year, but I never even met his parents or anything. Anyways, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Love the podcast. Always listen to each episode as soon as they come out. So what do you think, Randy? I mean, it's it's really hard to tell. You know, look, if this guy was just, you know, he had clearly commitment issues, you know, and he didn't want to, you know, when you unlock the, the family door, all of a sudden it's the relationship is on another level. He didn't yeah. get there for whatever reason, but the impulse for people to want to be, you know, like just show some humanity and, and be sympathetic in those situations is always the correct one. I think like, I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing. And I also don't think people read into it when you say, I heard, I'm so sorry. I mean, I have lots of people from my past. My father uh, passed at the beginning of the pandemic this year. And there was a lot of people from my past who reached out and I appreciated it. Like it made me feel good. And like with ex-girlfriends who did it, I didn't think like, oh, well, maybe she's opening the door. You know, I think they genuinely were like, hey, I feel bad. And I would take it. I mean, if I'm the guy, the way I take it is, uh, well, that speaks volumes for the actual relationship we had. That was great. If she feels comfortable enough to do that, then we ended it the right way. And, uh, you know, I wasn't ready for it. And it's my own foible. See, here's the thing. Like, even in listening to your podcast, previous episodes, there's so many of these instances that are just all about the the one person in the relationship not having fixed their own shit. And everybody thinks they're jumping into relationships and that will either pull them into the, like, you know, fixing all their shit and dumping all the baggage or it, you know, it'll help them, uh, you know, just shed a little bit as they go along and eventually they will be this whole complete person, but they think the relationship's going to do it. But like, if the, if you don't deal with your own shit, you're always going to be that guy who's not letting the door open anyways. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to go any further. You shouldn't feel bad. And if you don't want to do it, I don't think that makes you a bad person either because I think sure. that's telling you that your instinct is like, well, he's not the kind of guy who's going to receive this the right way. Sure. I, I, I'm with you on everything you just said. I think it, from her email, what I hear is someone who's fearful. She's fearful of, of a couple things. She's fearful. Well, first, she's fearful that this guy is going to somehow come back at her to be like, uh, you know, it, it, I made a big I, mistake. Yeah. Well, I, I think based on the nature, we only heard a little bit about the relationship, but he's 34. I'm 25. She invite introduces him to the whole family. This guy, just like you said, he doesn't, he, he had his reasons for not introducing you to his family. And those reasons all include him trying not to get more serious. Yeah. And, and, and she now is looking back and realizing that. And she's a little angry. She's a little angry that, okay, well, I never even met this family and you always kept me in this one zone, even though I was farther away from you. I never questioned you on it. I'm sure there's a lot of regret that comes with this relationship, but she learned and she's probably better off for having had it. And I think she's holding a little bit of resentment against this guy. And and, and I know that, and she's like, and, and that's a reason to say, and I don't think she's saying, well, fuck you and your dad. I don't think she's saying that. I think that there's just a little bit of like, hey, you never even introduced me to these people. Why would I? And it's like, there are some things that you just have to take the high road on. 
And it's just, hey, like, and I think just like you said, a little humanity to say, hey, I heard, I just heard through the grapevine. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a listening ear. If you need someone to listen to you, I hope you're doing as well as you could be. I can't imagine how horrible this has been. Well, that's it. it. Yeah. Did this whole relationship happen during COVID, by the way? I think it happened before. She said July. Is it July? Because is it possible he just didn't want to expose his parents to COVID? Well, <laughs> I mean, and his dad passed from it. So, I mean, or, you know, it's like he, he texts back. He texts back. He's like, I was right the whole time. You're a carrier. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Like an anti-masker. And, uh, you know, he was like, well, she's kind of a shit show right now. I'm going to wait and see after this passes if she calms down before I introduce her to dad who is compromised. You know, if his family's full of comorbidities, well, he might have been doing the right thing. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think it's not insensitive for her to not reach out, but her reasonings feel insensitive. It feels like she's giving the wrong reasoning. And it's like when she says, I didn't even mean, she puts things in the email that sound to me like someone that is hold that is holding the relationship against this guy when it is two different things. You have moved yeah. on. You are done with the relationship. That's okay. He has gone through a tragic thing. It is okay to say, "Hey, I am really sorry." And because I, you know, you, you just went through something yourself. You said it's yep. nice to hear from these people. It's not. It's oh, not yeah. that you. It was great. Right? It made. It, well, it just you know. It also spoke to you know his relationship with them. And, you know, it was so it, it made me feel good. I didn't feel like it was like uh, out of bounds or overstepping in any way. And they're married. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like they've moved on with their lives. But I, I thought it was like sweet and touching. And it makes me, you know, it also gives you like a better feeling. Like, I don't know about you, but when your exes move on and do well, I am psyched. I am thrilled. Yeah, I think, thank God I didn't keep you from living your life's goals and your relationship goals. Thank God you didn't waste more time on the mess <laughs> that I was at the time. And you were able to go on and be happy. Like I'm genuinely happy in those instances. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I love when someone really is just like, you know, like, Good for you. Like you, you see an ex with a baby and a family. You're like, there, you, there it is. Yeah. You got where you wanted to go. Yeah. You are in the, you got the happy Christmas card. Like I'm happy for that. The J train podcast is brought to you by Noom. Okay. Listen, we're all going for some, some sort of refresh. And I believe in goals. I believe in trying for our best so that maybe if you try for your best, you're going to get to somewhere better is my real opinion. And I think Noom is a great way to make even the smallest amount of change with your health. When it comes to staying healthy, you hear a lot of questions, things from other people, but Noom is great because they know what changing your habits isn't about rules and trends. It's about changing your mindset. That's how it is, but for me. What I love about Noom is I use the calorie tracker, and it just helps me check in. It just helps me keep on track. Noom, that I'm using like 1% of what Noom can do for you. They, Noom gives little little tips, little little fun facts. Noom has workout stuff on there. So it has so much. It's, it's your hub to make a good change for your health. Noom gives you the knowledge, tools, and confidence to make strategic choices that turn into long-term habits. These And those long-term habits turn into a healthier, happier you. Based in science, built by psychologists. This is why I love it. It's not just somebody, you know, just just making stuff up or telling them what worked for them. It, health is very personal. Staying and and getting, you know, getting to where you want to go with your fitness goals and and all that stuff, that's all very much about you and the way you relate to things. So that's why Noom is great because it's built by psychologists. Noom doesn't give you rules, but instead teaches you how to think so you can accomplish your personal health goals, stick with them long term and I get and Get healthy for good. Noom teaches you why you make the choices you do and gives you the tools to replace the habits, your whole, your habits with healthier ones. Noom's cogni cognitive behavioral approach. See, that's how you know it's real because that's a sentence I, I had to like hold up on. Noom's cognitive behavioral approach means you're not just improving your health, you're gaining the knowledge and habits you need to stay healthy. Over 80% of Noomers finish the program and over 60% have stuck with their goals for at least one year. I think that's the best part about this. You're 
making you're basically giving your brain a fitness routine because all of us get off track. I'm with you. This is something I deal with every day. So I have really enjoyed what Noom has been able to bring to the table. There's a, there's a science to getting healthier. It's called Noom. Sign up for your trial today at noomnoom.com slash JTrain. That's noom.com slash JTrain. Learn how to get healthy with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash JTrain. N-O-O-M.com slash JTrain. Are you ready to learn how to live healthier? Sign up for Noom today at noomnoom.com slash JTrain. Train. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Randy Bauman at DVE Randy. Go, go, go. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Crew. Let's do one more email. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. I have Let's, nowhere to go. It's COVID. It's Christmas. I love it. We got nothing to do, nowhere to be. Let's do one with, a, with, with an attachment. Is that okay? Yeah. So, Randy, I'm going to send this to you. Okay. Um, gonna make sure I got your email. I'm gonna send it right now. Hold on for the listeners at home. I am sending him an email now. Okay. Okay. I've just forwarded you. I'll start reading it. Jared, I met this guy in 2018. We worked at a co-working space. There were sparks at first sight, but because we were both in relationships with other people, nothing happened. March of 2019, I broke up with my boyfriend. In April, I decided to write the guy on Instagram and ask for his phone number. He responded a month later with his phone number. We went out for drinks. Since we were both single this time, we had sex. I kept seeing him for a while. Then a month later, he stopped texting me back and told me he got back with his ex. I was hurt, but a very understanding. We saw each other again this year in January after him and his girlfriend broke up again. Before I saw him, I let him know that I'm not going to be pillow warmer every time they break up and that if he was going to go back to her, he should not contact me. He told me how this time would be different than two weeks after then two he told me how this time would be different than two weeks after we saw each other, he went back to her. This time I was done. Fast forward to yesterday. He texted me again with the same excuse of how this time will be different, etc. But this time, uh, instead of asking him to send an Uber to take me to his house, I shut him out. I did some research and found the girlfriend on Instagram looking very in, lo- uh, looking very in love with his photos all over Instagram. Should I tell her what this man is doing behind her back? They have been together for five years, college sweethearts. I've attached screenshots of how our last conversation went. Uh, please don't read the names. Thank you. So I, I'll you, I'll be him. Okay. You be her, and we won't read names. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hi, blank. How's everything been? Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hi, I'm doing good. Can't complain. Thanksgiving was good too. How are you? I'm good. Been a crazy year. Can't wait for 2021. <laughs> this guy, yeah. he's really got his finger on the pulse of 2020. <laughs> crazy, but great for a reset and personal growth. Happy face. I hope things get better in 2021, though. Outside is just not the same anymore. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, we should catch up soon. It's been a while. LOL. Don't you have a girlfriend? LOL. Don't you have a girlfriend? <laughs> LOL. No, I don't anymore. Nah, this is the same game you always play. You always say you don't have a girlfriend. Two weeks later, you run back into her. She Listen, she's being very open and honest with him, and... I, 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 there's a, okay, we'll keep going. I completely see why you would say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because you kept fucking her and yeah. going back to your girlfriend. I get why you'd think that. Yeah. I get why. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I get it. Things are different this time, but if you want to wait and see, I understand. Your responses are very vague. Wait and see what? This sounds like the same thing you said to me last time. All right. I get it. Glad you're doing well, though. Just toxic. Take care, so and so. I love that. I love that because it was like the the, the easiest gotcha. He's like, got me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll be back next time. I get a little lonely. Like maybe you'll forget next time. Fool me four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does, does does she message the girlfriend? Do you think? 
I don't know, man. You know, that's a tough one. That's like, how much drama do you really want to cause? Is you know, like, yeah, that girl's being treated shitty by somebody else. You're definitely getting involved in it. And if you, if your sincere desire is to keep the girlfriend from continually getting cheated on then yeah, do it. But if you're doing it just to get this guy, I feel like that's a bad like impulse or, or, or the impetus to do it. You know, I almost want to just like, this guy's going to get busted and it's going to be bad. And I'd rather be far away from it and have nothing to do with it. So I don't know. It kind of depends on what kind of person you are. I mean, I've had, uh, I had a friend who did this and she blew mm-hmm. up. Uh, she got rather, she was the girlfriend, right? And she, so she's the one that received the message. She got a message from somebody saying, hey, your relationship isn't what you thought it was. But they were like getting married. It was like in the final stages. And he had like a double life. And it was a big deal. So I don't know how far along he is with this girl. And it sounds like they're young if they were like, I don't know. Yeah. This guy's a shithead and and it's going to get exposed. Yeah, I I think it's to me, it's not as much. Do you want to get them? It's do you want to be involved with them? You, right because then be follow-ups her sister's gonna even call like you know so-and-so is so upset right now could you just give us a little more detail like you're gonna be <laughs> in for the long haul like the uh the the the, the through court that will happen around <clears throat> on both sides you're going to be asked to be a primary witness yeah and and i'm such a pacifist where i'm just like i, I listen i see the fire i run away from they, they say see the people running towards the fire. Yeah. I'm the one in the other direction running the other way. And I'm with you. I think a lot of guys are this way where we're like, ah, and like sometimes women will be like, yeah, fuck this dude. And I understand that uh, attitude too. I think the idea, like she is when, when you answer this guy and be like, so, you know, happy Thanksgiving. How are you? And then you kind of lead him into, you're already playing with this dude because yeah. you're already like you already know how much she's grown. <laughs> it's a great time for personal growth. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's looking to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, listen, and, and so like there's an element of like she just wants to let him know, like, I am not going to be had again. OK, fine. Um, and when you oh, look great at the- it, been, by the way, if she had just gone, hey, how are you? And she just immediately went, fuck off. Like, yeah. 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 Well, that's a different story. That yeah. is someone like, and so listen, I'm not blaming her for going along with it, seeing what this guy's all about. Oh, okay. Seems like you still have a girlfriend. He's like, whoa, gotta go. You know, like, you know, whoa, like out the door. And it's like, that's kind of what he did. And I think if, if there's two ways to go about it, it's block him, block everybody, get the hell away, be done with it. Or the second way to go about it, you send one screenshot. I don't know. And, and you go, I don't know if you guys are still dating, but this guy has reached out to me every time you break up. And I'm letting you yeah. know that you're that I, I'm letting you know. And this will be the last we talk. I just don't want to be involved anymore. But I took it as she was not that there was never a breakup. That's what I, 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 I think. Bullshit. But I think this guy, anytime their relationship is on the rocks or maybe, you know, we don't know. We don't know if every time they go, we're done. And then he just is like, okay, I got this chick that it, like is somewhere to All like right, hang out. This. Have you, have you ever been in a situation where they're like in between relationships, not two weeks at a time and you keep going back to the same girl, but like in between relationships, you have like a fuck buddy or somebody you're like, Hey, you know what? You know, if when we're both single, who cares? And there's no design. Like you're like, no, we're filling a void. You know, this, oh, absolutely. Like, that's a Look, different thing altogether. This dude is just trying to pretend like yeah. he is breaking up with this girl. Like, ah, I'm moving on. Uh, and I don't know why this girl has any expectation outside of just this is sex because he's clearly already established that pattern. So when he's calling you back, like, did it sounds to me like she wants him to like say like I should be with you. We should be together. <laughs> that dude is not. He does not. Give yeah, me. and and because because he hasn't been with you, now I'm going to go and get this other. You know, go and like let this other woman know what a horrible person he is. I don't know. I I with these situations, do I contact? If you're gonna contact, you send one screenshot that shows he's a dick, and then you walk away because 
Sometimes people don't want to see this. Sometimes people, even when they see it, they go, they'll blame it on you for sending it or blame it on you yeah. for getting involved with him. So, like, that's why in the beginning of this, we were both like, hey, you're going to be, just like Randy said, you're the first witness. You're the guy. Yeah. You're the woman that he, they're going to all call on to go, right? He's a dick. And it's like, because it, they're do, they're going to do the same thing you're doing right now. What you're doing right now is to go, see, he's a dick. Like, you want a, a group of which fine if that's what you want but if that's what you want you send the one screenshot of him trying to talk to you this guy comes and talks to me every time you break up i don't even know if you're broken up anymore but this is the last you'll hear from me i just wanted to let you know boom and then yeah. you're out of it yeah i don't know it's you know for all the reasons we stated this is a uh this is a subjective decision yeah this there is, is there not an objective right or wrong on this I, one I'm a runaway guy. I'm a, I'm a, I, I wouldn't have nothing to do with it. Cause this guy's have, a shit show. I mean, you know, I'd it, run as fast as this guy ran away from her when she was like, Hey, don't you have a girlfriend? Ah, oh, gotta go. <laughs> you guys, know, like, I don't know. He half like, I half expected to be like, well, come on. Like, don't I get points for making you my first stop every time? <laughs> like you are yeah. my first call. Every You're first call. What's wrong with that? Special. You're my yeah, guy. You, You're you my, got if I'm not shooting it, you I'm throwing a rock to you <laughs> right away. I kind of expected a gift that was just like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like the Homer going backwards into the bushes. Absolutely. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Randy, this was such a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh man. Thank you so much. And when you come through Pittsburgh, come and hang out on the show for a while, man. We love oh, I would love that so much. Uh, everyone go follow Randy at DV Randy on Twitter at Randall B Graham on Instagram. WDVE, the Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Crew. It's on the iHeart app. Go, 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 go listen. Get a part of this show and this crew. Uh, I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday and Thursday. We'll be back next episode. Boom.